Well, the radio geek in both of us continues to wonder why, when country music works so well everywhere in the country, it doesn't work in New York City. So Keith had a great idea. Let's bring in an expert. So John Chomby joins us to talk a little bit about why country music hasn't worked in New York City. The Q3 results are in for most of the media companies that are publicly traded, and as always, it's more blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about the blah, blah, blah in just a minute. Welcome to the only vlog podcast to examine and offer opinions on the world of media. I'm Jackson Weaver in Seattle. My co-host is Keith Samuels down in Southern California. We get together each Tuesday and Thursday and we spout our ideas and opinions. And for Thursday, November 11th, this is Media Insulted. Well, in an attempt to salve our radio geek, Keith and I got together with John Shambi for more explanation on why New York City can't support a country music radio station. The most popular format in America, and it doesn't work in New York in spite of years and years of effort. John Shambi was with Nash, WNSH, in New York City during four or five years of their attempt to work in New York City. Mm-hmm. And he offers us some opinions on why country doesn't seem to work in the Big Apple. We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, most of the Q3 results for publicly traded media companies are in, Keith. What's the story for this quarter? Oh, it's all great news, Jackson. Everybody's up, up, up compared to last year when they were out of business because every state was locked down and no one could buy advertising because they weren't open. And and now we're up... Uh, we're up double digits. We're up 20. We're up 30. We're up 40% from last year. It's great news. But problem is, is that other than a handful of folks, uh, compared to 2019, pre-COVID, remember pre-COVID? Yeah, um, pre-COVID when they haven't reached that number yet. So no one's really doing a lot of comparing and boasting about how they did compared to 2018 or 2019, let alone 2018. You know, it's just filled with Kind of like, well, does it really matter how how great you are versus last year? Because last year, either you you weren't doing much because of COVID, or you were raking in the dough because of uh, of political. Now, with no political and COVID less of a factor in terms of advertising, everybody's got great news. It's just white noise for us now because everybody's great compared to last year. If you're not. Uh, you're not in the business anymore. You've been you're out, you're out of work. Well, radio is bragging about the 2020 comps. Is kind of like saying, "Oh, we're killing it compared to what we did in 1974." <laughs> you know, it just is. They've forgotten that uh, 2020 comps are pretty pretty sketchy at at best. But and you're right. The TV stations uh, are in a position where they've got less political. But you know, retrans continues to fill in a lot of voids for them, and so it's. You know, but it's everything's up, everything's cheery, everything's great. And, you know, I guess that's just the way it is. But, you know, still think about it, Keith. It's a business with a ton of debt, right? I mean, look at the big three. Yes, we have a lot of depth. But in the big three, you know, iHeart, you know, Odyssey and Cumulus, um, you know, are all up compared to last year. They're all boasting about podcasting revenue. 
Yeah, but one of the interesting things that I saw was was with Scripps Television. They came out uh, last end of last week saying that their core advertising business, core advertising, which is basically non-political, no political advertising. Now, last year, 2020, television stations gorged on political advertising. I mean, it was the presidential election, it was congressional election, senatorial election. I mean, they couldn't get out of the way of the money. Now they're, they, right. they go back and compare this year to last year in TV, and they're not as good. Maybe they're flat. Maybe they're a little bit down because they don't have that. They didn't have. They don't have the political dollars that were coming in. The billions of dollars spent to get candidates elected. So now they call it, they call it core advertising. And Scripps in particular said that you know one of the successes we had was in our core advertising because we were up somewhat percent compared to 2020, and and that was primarily because of 1,000 new advertisers in Q3 of 2021. 1,000. I'm thinking. Wow, that's a lot of new business, right? Well, I went back and did some math. And Scripps is in 41 markets. They've got 51 stations in 41 markets. So if you take 1,000, divide it by 41, that's about 24 new advertisers per market. Okay? Now, you divide that by the number of, we- uh, you know, number of months, and that's now eight new advertisers a month or two new advertisers a month a week, and I'm going, isn't that normal operating procedure? Shouldn't you be doing that anyway? How is how is a thousand like fabulous? But it sounded great on the earnings call. And I look back on it and go, that's two new clients a week, dude. You know, if you can't yeah, do that, you shouldn't be in the business. That is exactly it. And you know, that's what makes the the numbers so Blah, 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 as Greta Thunberg would say, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got to admit this. We go into this that Cumulus owned WNSH in New York for so long, I confused Cumulus with their current owner, Odyssey, a couple of times during our interview with John Shambi. So if you're listening or watching this, just insert Odyssey for Cumulus when I talk about it and chalk it up to, well, shit happens, particularly for boomers. <laughs> yes, but I, th- I think, you know, John is terrific and he's got firsthand experience um, in that market with that station. Uh, now he's is an independent consultant. He's not, no longer working for Cumulus. He never worked for Odyssey there. But I, you know, I, I, I brought up the point that he was like, well, you know, is, is this a big deal? Why is it a problem for country music to not have a, a country music station in the city of New York? Why does anybody care if there's no station in New York? And boy, does John have a great explanation for that. And he's got lots of other thoughts about what went down there. So um, this, is, this is a great conversation with John. And, uh, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a new, uh, uh, he's a new member of the Media Insultant panel of experts. And I think you'll see why. Well, no, I was, I was going to move the subject to, to, the, to New York. And, you know, you talked about some of the regime changes and um, management changes throughout the company, uh, John. But take take us through kind of the the history of of the station in New York, and kind of you know, you know, kind of where you see the 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 decisions made that led to the results that made the station vulnerable to a format change, and then ultimately this last few weeks uh, they dropped it altogether. Um, you know, how did that how did that play out? Well, they, they, I will tell you this, of all the radio stations that Cumulus had, that was probably the most stable. Brian Thomas started it, was it in the beginning, then John Fox took over, not far into it, about 2014. 
Um, and he'd been there ever since. I mean, seven years, six, seven years. Kelly Ford was one of the was the original midday jock, um, and then then she was there for three years, and she got moved to the morning show, and that's where Katie Neal came in because Katie Neal was in promotions. But Jesse Addy, Mike Allen, they were there from the, pretty much from the beginning. Um, and uh, the only the only show that went through changes was the morning show because um, we were trying to figure out. How to make that thing happen in in the nation? Because in you know primarily a lot of places we were going up against this character named Bobby Bones, which created another problem. But uh, in New York, that's it was pretty stable. I think some of the I think what happened part, first of all the signal was not a good signal. Uh, they didn't have a they had a city sort of a city grade signal, but um, it really wasn't enhanced until Intercom Odyssey took it over. They they enhanced it. But the signal was was strong in northern New Jersey um, and somewhat um, in Long Island, but really northern New Jersey. So they really didn't have a foothold on a lot. And I think that's where the problems began because they they had I mean, they did they did make a little bit of money. But you could see if you look at the I don't know if you could go back and look at the country air check a couple of weeks ago. They actually did a uh, a graph on their on their um uh, their revenue and how it dropped down and how it, you could see the, the curve just completely dropping down the past four or five years. And that's, you know, and they really never really marketed the station. You know, they did their best to, uh, to get, you know, using the, the fact that they're the only country station, but they never marketed the station to the city, to the, to the city, the, the areas in the city. They really didn't. And they didn't have that kind of money to do that. So they did a lot of, I mean, they did a lot of street work. That was the one thing they did really well, but still it's just not enough. A quick, quick sidebar question. Uh, you know, it strikes me that there's one pitch and one pitch alone that I thought would have made the station viable. And that is basically any agency you go into, you simply say one thing. We're the only country station in the market. We're unique. you got to have us on the buy. We're not one of eight hip-hop stations or four CHRs. We're the only country station. That, to me, strikes me as being the pitch for the revenue they needed. Clearly, I'm not the only one who gets that. I'm sure that somebody at Cumulus figured that out, and it didn't work. Why not? Understand, too, that they also had in that cluster WABC, WPLJ. Um, I'm trying to remember who else was in there. I think that was. I think that was basically it, but they had... They had, uh, uh, you know, a lot of concentration on PLJ also because of where they were. I mean, you know, that and that that the what happened to that station is another travesty. But so they had that to concentrate on, and I think they put a lot more of their advertising dollars and promotional money into PLJ more than anything else because PLJ had the had the ratings. They had the they were in the top ten, uh, you know, and all of that. But uh, I mean, the worst thing that happened to PLJ was you know, them, them getting rid of Scott Shannon because he goes across the street and he tears them apart. From the countryside, I really believe it became, I, I really believe that this change was totally money driven. Uh, there was no other way. The station, the station had its following. There's no question. There's a lot for country up there, but there, I mean, I think that's the difficult sell in New York for country music is because it's just... It's, it's there's so much diversity up there that's hard to 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 pinpoint 
who those country advertisers are and and where the audience lives and all that. Yeah. You know, when you, when you look at these markets and we, you know, we have one country station technically in L.A., uh, it, but that's just to the L.A. metro. And, you know, the L.A., you know, if you look at the L.A. TSA, John, you know, uh, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six different different books, different Nielsen rating sections in in Southern California, not counting San Diego. You've got Oxnard Ventura, Victor Valley and and San Bernardino, Riverside, L.A. and Orange County. And each of those submarkets has country stations. There's, there's you know, Hay up in Oxnard, Ventura. You've got Victorville. Uh, they've got a country station, El Dorado does. There's K-Frog out in Riverside. <clears throat> and you've got Go Country in L.A. and Orange County. But when you just look at the ratings that get publicized, it's just L.A. and the O.C. and one country station. That's it. Is that how it looks in New York in the, in the metro as well, where you do have country stations out in Connecticut, out on Long Island, out in New Jersey? Oh yeah, you have, you have a station out in Long Island. You got something in Monmouth County. I mean, even up into up into the into the shore, the, the shore, you know, east the eastern shore area of New York, uh, New Jersey. Yeah, you have, you have, there are about four country signals that come through. Well, I was looking at this because one of the justifications for it given by one of the cumulus uh, air, uh, not airhead, excuse me, one of the cumulus execs was uh, the country didn't have a heritage, so there wasn't anybody who grew up with it. Well, that, that's, that's, from, that's from the Odyssey VP of Programming. I saw that last week, and I said, I thought to myself, okay. <laughs> I mean, what, what he was basically saying is we couldn't, we, we, we couldn't go back into how these people grew up with country music to figure it out. But I, he does realize that this, it's transient there. People are in and out. That format, you know, this doesn't, it doesn't. It didn't live in New York. It's 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 still a very big part of people's lives. So they don't look at that that way. I just didn't. I saw that and I went. I, I this does that sound right to me? Well, he missed the fact, and I don't know how he missed this. Country music's been in that market for at least thirty nine years. I mean, WHN started back in seventy three. There's been one station or another, and not that many. Only probably four or five stations over that thirty nine year period that have had a country format. So it's not like the format hasn't been in the market. That was his explanation. I just was curious how you felt about that. I didn't agree with it at all because I just feel like, again, with those other signals that are there and the fact that there was WHN and WYMY and you know the stations were that, that were here. That, that actually, YNY, if you remember, they were there in the middle of the big 90s you know, surge of country. Because I lived in Connecticut at the time, I was I was living in Connecticut. I remember listening to YMY. Think, and that's the first time I got into country music because I thought this stuff is pretty good. And it was it was a it was very you know there was that surge. It took about five or six years, and then they they started falling falling away from it. But it you know some people just don't have the patience to keep it going. That's all. And I think that was it. The other thing I've I've heard too is that is that the the guy who runs Odyssey is not a big, not a big fan of country in New York because, again, because of the money, they have to make money. This is this is they got a they got a big debt to uh, cover. What kind of money were they were they billing when they shut it down? Do you know? Well, from from what I saw, I didn't see. I, I, I the cumulus let go of it a little over a year. Yeah, because we matter of fact, I was still with the company when I woke up on a on a on a, on a, on a, a January third. That's how I found out it was already it was already it was sold. We didn't know it. 
Uh, that's how we found out. If you look, go back and look at the country air check, I thought I saw like like $2.5 million or something like that. It wasn't a lot. Uh, I may be wrong there, but I think that was kind of like a monthly because uh, they, they, were, they were very high up in the fives and down in the twos. It's what I can remember. I can only go back and look at that. But check that. It was, it was two, two to three weeks ago. Whenever the change happened right after that, they, he actually published the numbers, which, which, is really, which is really eye-opening. I mean, because I, people had asked me then, why do you think they changed? I said it had to be revenue. Because when I was there, revenue was a problem. It just was a problem. Because, again, where's, what's your primary day part? To make money, mornings, and it was mornings were tough. That was the biggest part of that station. Mornings, it was hard to get uh, a good morning show to do something in that market because you have Scott Shannon, you have Light FM, you've got you know everybody, everybody that's been on that in, in mornings for years there. So that makes the difference. And you try to bring somebody else in and change a habit. That's going to be hard to do unless you market it. Well, and that's the irony is that that's not only the biggest pot of gold for a radio, it's also the place where there's the most resistance to change. You know, you, how, do you, how do you move people from, some, from a habit they've had for years, in some cases decades, with Scott Shannon? Yeah, I mean, when I saw classic hip-hop, that's what they are now, right? Is that what it is? Classic hip-hop one. Okay, so now they're, in a, they're, they're with a bunch of others. And that's, that's the only thing that, that was curious is that I, you know, you had something that was that stood out in the crowd, and now you're part of the crowd. And then, John, you throw in uh, a little COVID pandemic uh, lockdown uh, situation, and and uh, yeah, how do you dig out of that if you're uh, Olivero and and uh, and 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 Nash? So it, it just uh, you can see where the forces just aligned to where they weren't going to they weren't going to continue the commitment. So then, I'm also curious uh, the impact this may or may not have had on the music industry. What does the music, what do the record companies think about not having a country station in the market? Well, when you look at the spin culture in our business, which you guys I'm sure were a part of at some point, where they're more concerned, very concerned about how many spins a song gets and the, and the ranking of a radio station because of their audience size, etc. That's that, that's, there are stations that, there, there are songs that, that started, I mean, I noticed the chart the next week that songs just started to die because they were being played there. Uh, one of the things that John Fox was good at was he was good at, you know, exposing new artists, doing some things a little different, et cetera. And I think that's, that, that hurts the, uh, the country music you know, genre in general. Uh, I, I, they're still going to be, they're still going to go up there. They're still going to perform. I don't think that's going to be a problem, but I think what happens is, is now it's going to be harder for state, for, for, for artists to get to that, to get into the top five. Um, just because you've lost that audience size that you had. I mean, now you have LA, you've got Boston, you've got Dallas, you got Chicago, you know, New York, that's the biggest market. That's tough. So basically for our, uh, non-programming viewers and listeners, John. So a song plays on K-Hey in Oxnard, and it also plays on, if it doesn't play on Go Country in LA, it's almost like it doesn't matter. They rank stations according to their ratings and market size. And then, and then, the, the, then, then they get the, the, the audience size and they put it in this little formula that they won't tell anybody about in the media base. 
and it comes back as a as a uh, as a as a number on the chart. And when songs start as programmers, the only thing we could look at that we can understand are how often a song's getting spun on a weekly basis. So if you see a song getting plus a thousand spins in the country, you go, oh, this is happening. Then you see minus a thousand, you go, oh, this is in trouble. You know, so there, there. That's the way you could look at it. Okay, I think I think it, it it affects it affects the music industry the same way that would affect the pop music industry. It affects country music. It's just it's it may be a smaller level because of the ratings, but I'm telling you because of because of it was the only it was the only country station. I think it really hurts. Yeah, you know my my um, discussion with with Jackson about this in one of our prior broadcasts last week was that. It, it affects the music business more than it affects the ad business. In other words, going in as a national sales manager or as a national rep to call on the big agencies and media buying services in New York for your national business, those buyers understand the power of country. They understand the, these big brands around the, around the country that are just so important to moving product that it really wasn't going to affect them. Just because they can't, quote, hear you know, Nash in New York anymore is not going to affect not going to make them biased against the format from an ad spend standpoint, but you've really helped clarify just in those last few remarks about how really important it is and much more important to the music side of country than it is probably to the ad side. Well, I think, I think we've hammered this to death <laughs> and I, you know, I will, I will ask one final question. I guess it's a question nobody really knows, but while there wasn't enough money for Odyssey, the question is, is there enough money there for some other FM broadcaster who's got a reasonable signal in the metro? I don't know who that would be. I don't know who that would be either because you look at who's there, iHeart, they would probably be the they would probably be the one, but they seem to have success with their stations there. It's hard to go up against the big boys in that respect. That's the that's the other issue. I mean, t- just take a look at at at, at uh, the station, country station that's in Monmouth, New Jersey. They they're a good country station, but they can't they can't gain any ground at all. Uh, I don't see it happening for a while. I don't see someone take. I don't see someone jumping right into it um, because again, it was it was it was something that people thought. Well, good. There's a country station in New York. We're happy now, and no one else has to take the chance. Can you see a big company taking a chance on this? Not with not not with what's at stake. No, I mean there. You guys know this more than anybody that that most of the people in this business now are scared. They're they're running around nervous. They don't want to make the wrong decision. So, I, and New York is the worst place to make a wrong decision. So. Yeah, you can get away with uh, screwing up in Tyler, Texas, but not in New York. Hey, John, thank you so much for taking this time. I really appreciate it. Hope we can tap into you for uh, comments as we as we move forward. You know, because you've got some great insight, and we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been a pleasure, John. Great to meet you, and uh, please give please give Becky a big. Uh, uh, can we hug people? We can't hug people anymore. Please say hello to Becky for me. She's great people. I I, I love her dearly, and uh, and uh, give her my best when you speak to her again. Definitely will, guys. I appreciate it. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Always a good idea to get someone who knows what they're talking about, Keith, in contrast to us. We have our opinions, but we don't know what we're talking about half the time, which makes the media insultant so much fun. <laughs> right. If we don't know what we're talking about, we do know somebody who does. So, you know, that's, that's right. why, you know, we bring people like John in. You know, we do this each Tuesday and Thursday. We offer our opinions. Media Insultant is a production of In Town Media. And Keith, 
I'll see you next Tuesday when I think we should talk a little bit about the hissy fit the TV guys are throwing over OTT mm-hmm. at the FCC. And of all people. Exactly. And, and the mystery continues. When will media insultant flip to Christmas music? Stay tuned. Ah, stay tuned. It's coming soon <laughs> to an, a media insultant podcast near you. Okay, buddy. Have a good week. You, you, I'll see you uh, next Tuesday. You, you got it, buddy. See you then.